Hey there, Masterful Living. So happy to be with you. So let's join together in prayer, in grace, and gratitude. Opening our heart, opening our mind to the very highest possibility of love. Let's take these breaths of love and gratitude together. So grateful and so thankful to consciously surrender all attachments, all cravings, all aversions, all distractions, opening our heart and mind to this divine partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self. We relax into love right here and right now, so grateful and so thankful to call upon the company of heaven, ascended masters, archangels, all that is holy, to assist us in our awakening, in our liberation. We're grateful and we're thankful that we're choosing love and choosing love together. Love is our healer. And so we call the name of God, Beloved I Am that I Am. And we declare that we are willing and worthy to have a healing. We're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the unlimited, to the unprecedented. We're calling forth the healing right here and right now. We open our heart, we open our mind to this healing, this activation that we're calling forth right now. Taking these breaths of love and gratitude, we consciously surrender all attachments to the past, what could have been, what should have been, what might have been, surrendering all attachments to the past. Breathing deeply, we open ourselves and we surrender all attachments to the future. We're grateful and thankful to bring our awareness in from the future, out from the past, into this present moment right now where the fullness of our healing and the fullness of divine love is available to us. We're accepting our healing right now. We're sharing the benefits with everyone right now. And we're grateful and thankful to know that this is so. And so it is. Amen. 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 And while we're in this prayerful state, we're going to flow right into a guided meditation. For expanding our awareness and for our healing. I'm calling this the Ask and Observe Meditation. We're practicing expanding our awareness, practicing being able to use our awareness like a microscope and focus in 
and then at other times like a telescope expanding out. And I'm going to offer this meditation in the first person so that you can make it your own and uh, we'll place this recording into the podcast so you can have it as a separate meditation to do as you wish. might be helpful to you to do it again and again. So we begin with your eyes closed. And I start by noticing anything that's going on in my body that I wasn't noticing when I prayed a moment ago. What am I noticing in my body now? Taking my awareness like a microscope, focusing inward to the body temple. So we're grateful and thankful to notice whatever it is that comes up. And now tuning in to the emotional body. I notice anything that's got my attention in my emotions. Anything that's causing a disturbance or a distraction in my emotional body. Perhaps I might notice it because of my breathing. Something's happening in the emotional body. notice what are the thoughts are there thoughts that are distracting me anything acting like a splinter in the mind in my mental body distracting thoughts can be evidence of resistance and reluctance
so I give it all distractions, I give them to the Holy Spirit for healing. Now I expand my awareness to include the entire room. Noticing the temperature, any sounds, anything that's going on in the room, perhaps outside the window, anything I didn't notice before, keeping my eyes closed, sitting up straight, breathing deeply, just taking it all in. Expanding my awareness to include everything in the room and the environment. And I ask the Ascended Masters, the Angels of Healing, to assist me in raising my awareness up to a fifth dimensional awareness beyond time and space so that I can see beyond time and space. I may or may not feel a shift in my vibration as I move into this higher, more expanded awareness. And I bring into my awareness someone who seems to be bothering me. Someone who the choices they're making, the sound of their voice, something about them feels upsetting to me, bothersome. I bring that person into my awareness and I invite my guardian angel and their guardian angel and all the angels of healing to support me in this meditation for healing. I think of this person who seems to bother me. I think of their face. call it into my awareness and the way that they move and the sound of their voice. I hear their voice in my mind. And I recall the things about them that seem to bother me. Things they say, things they do. And as I'm thinking of their voice, I follow that vibration, that sound wave into their heart. And again, I ask the angels to help me connect with this person energetically, 
heart to heart. I connect energy with them, energetically sensing them without becoming empathic. So that I can observe what's going on with them, but without any need to feel what they're feeling, to empathize with them or become entrained with them. I'm simply observing. And so as I go through this meditation, I ask questions and I observe the answers that come to me intuitively as thoughts and feelings, images, and sounds. Shining the light of my attention in this way is deeply healing for me because awareness is curative. So my goal in doing this healing meditation is to increase my awareness, have more compassion, more understanding, more love, to release all opinions and judgments, and to know the truth that sets me free. And so taking a deep breath, I ask the question, what is going on with this person, this person who seems to bother me? What's going on with them in their heart, in their mind? And I observe what comes into my awareness, the thoughts, feelings, images and sounds. I ask, what is going on with this person who seems to bother me? And I observe what enters into my awareness. What is it that seems to be going on with this person that bothers me? What's really going on in their heart?
taking a deep breath. I consider again the behavior this person has that seems to bother me. And I ask the question, what is the cause of this behavior? What is the cause of this behavior? All behavior is an effect. So what is the cause of this effect? What is the cause of this person's behavior? What is the root cause of this person's behavior? Taking a deep breath, I ask the question, how do I have this same cause operating in my mind? How do I have this same cause operating in my mind? I ask and I observe my thoughts, my feelings, any images or sounds that come into my awareness. How do I have this same cause operating in my mind?
Breathing deeply, I open my mind even more and ask the question, how am I like this person? How am I like this person? Breathing deeply, I ask, how is this person showing me my own beliefs made manifest? How is this person showing me my own beliefs made manifest for me to see in my experiences? How is this person showing me my own beliefs made manifest so that I can recognize myself, see my own beliefs? How is this beloved son or daughter of God showing me my own thoughts, beliefs, attachments, cravings, aversions, fears. How is this beloved son or daughter of God showing me something about myself? Breathing deeply. Breathing deeply, I remember I am one with this person.
So I open my mind and my awareness in gratitude for what this person is showing me. Looking deeper I open my mind to see what they're showing me about my own choices that I've been angry about. I look at my own choices in relationship to this person and I observe what I have been angry about in my choices regarding this person. What is it about the choices I've made regarding this person that I feel angry and upset about? Breathing deeply, I ask myself, what is it about my choices in regard to this person that I've been afraid of? What is it about this person and my choices in regard to this person that I've been afraid of? Breathing deeply, I ask myself, what is it about my choices in regard to this person that I've been feeling sad about? What is it about my choices in regard to this person that I've been feeling sad about?
Breathing deeply, I open my heart and ask myself, what is it about my choices in regard to this person that I've been feeling hurt about? What have I been feeling hurt about? Taking these breaths of love and gratitude, I remind myself that love is my healer. Love is what I am. I am loving myself free. I am loving myself free of the hurt and the sadness, the fear and the anger. I'm loving myself free of these feelings. And I am so grateful that these feelings are pointing me to look at the beliefs that I have held on to that no longer serve my path of love. I'm so grateful I can recognize that these feelings are the divine alarm clock letting me know that I'm believing something that's not true. These feelings have come so that I'll no longer choose to be a sleepwalker. I'm waking up and I'm loving myself free. I'm so grateful. So grateful for this person showing up in my life to assist me by being a mirror. I release any judgments against myself for being angry with the mirror. upset by the mirror, irritated by the mirror, annoyed by the mirror, any judgments that I might have about myself for having been unkind, unloving, not compassionate to myself and to this beautiful son or daughter of God who has shown up to help me see and know and feel and hear more clearly. I'm grateful and I bless them.
I call for a Niagara Falls of blessings upon us both. So grateful to open my awareness to clarity, to love, to freedom, to choosing again. Breathing deeply, I surrender any guilt or shame or blame about this upset and the causes of upset. I invoke the higher Holy Spirit self and the company of heaven to assist me in releasing these false beliefs that are the cause of the disturbance and the upset, healing it back to its root source so I never experience it again and truly sharing the benefits. So anyone who has these false beliefs operating in their awareness, may they have a healing as well. I'm so grateful to choose to love myself free of all limiting beliefs. So grateful to say yes to this expansion, this clarity of love. So I bring my awareness back into the room. Feel myself seated on the chair, remembering what day it is, what time it is, and where I am, giving thanks that I can have a healing and that I am giving myself this gift of healing today. In gratitude, I let the healing be. And I open my heart and my mind as so I open my eyes. <sighs> grateful, grateful, grateful. give you a moment to adjust here. There's so much healing that we can experience when we're willing to ask questions and observe the answers. When we begin in a prayerful state and invoke the Ascended Masters and the Angels to assist us in observing from a more expanded awareness. 
fifth dimensional awareness. So when we are observing things that are operating in our mind, we're bringing the light of our awareness to them and awareness is curative. So this is our healing opportunity to shine the light of our attention and our awareness in the dark places. So we're grateful that we can do this. It can bring so much healing so quickly. So I'd love to invite any sharing, any questions. You might even share that it was confusing or you didn't get anything. Anything you'd like to share so that we can all learn from it. So anybody have anything to share? Anybody like to share about any insights that they had in the meditation? I see Chris is raising her hand. Hey, Chris. Um, I don't know. You told me to call and ask a question, and it's not related to this, so okay, I don't so know. We'll but, wait on that don't, then. Yeah. Don't, don't wait too long. I'm afraid I'm going to fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> All right, no promises. <laughs> All right, so anyone like to share anything that they observed or learned during the meditation? I'm going to actually um, unmute everyone so you can just jump right in. So here we go, everyone is unmuted. I'll share something. Great. <sighs> Interesting. Um, I, I, some of the answers to some of the questions were was information I already knew, <laughs> or had been gotten in for that information before, and so I guess I'm curious about. Um, I guess, I don't know that you can answer me, but, um, but I'm like, do I already know, am I already guided, or I already have guidance, and I'm getting the same thing, or is it, I just don't know if I'm like, it's the ego trying to keep control, and, um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Okay. Did you have something you'd like to ask? Well, or? Um, 
Actually, you know, now that I say that, um, <laughs> no, I don't think I do. I just wanted to share that, and um, and um, it it kind of um, I get kind of that it's that it's not ego. I mean, it's not. I don't think it came that way. That just it's a feeling I had that um, I guess that um. I sometimes I get I'm connected to myself and I don't even know what I'm doing sometimes. So yeah, I, I can relate to that. Good. It's good to speak that, so because it kind of came to me. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we're on this trajectory this year to really practice self-love and to love ourselves fully. And so by doing this meditation, we're allowing ourselves to become more observant, learning how to ask questions from a calm space, and to forgive ourselves and recognize that when someone seems to bother us or irritate us, that they are reflecting back to us something that we've not owned or don't feel comfortable with that we're judging in ourselves more than likely. And to be able to see this connection is so healing because there is only the one. Did anybody get anything that was helpful to them? Okay, well, if nobody got anything helpful, we can move on. Well, I'm going to say it's it's all helpful. I mean, I, because even though some of it I um, had noticed or whatever, however, it, it, something, information that I've already kind of heard, it was good. To hear it again because mm-hmm. um, it's really easy to hear it and just <laughs> keep running, <laughs> you know, to sure. my life and not really pay attention to it. So, right. Uh, what was helpful to me was that um, that repetition. Mm-hmm. Jennifer? Lana? Yes, hey. Hey. Um, I, I did this meditation last night with the year one class. Right. Um, and I was, I, it seemed like parts of it, I even had fallen asleep during it. <laughs> but I feel like I had, like, what came, you know, what was disturbing me and the person I was thinking about was actually a, a very dear friend. But today we, you know, it seemed like the disturbance resulted in a major healing today. Mm. 
So it was almost like, I think, I feel like it was a healing meditation. Some of it was, I think, unconscious to me or I wasn't really aware of, but it it all worked worked its way through today. Mm-hmm. Yes. So being able to do this kind of a meditation repeatedly with willingness will bring that healing fruit. Yes. It really does. Believe me, I know. Right. And the willingness was definitely there. Even though I was tired and I was kind of drifting in and out, I still think that I was actively participating in the in the meditation. Mm-hmm. And the energies have been very, very strong in the last few days. And so there, I notice that uh, for me, going into meditation, I can go into almost an altered state. And so when I experience that, to me, it's there's an energetic that's deeply healing and I know I'm not the only one that's experiencing that right now because I've talked to others, so there's an intensity that's happening right now. And I think that's why I was guided to do this particular meditation this week in um, in both classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anybody hey, else? Hey, Moira. Hey, how's it going? Thank you. Thank you for the meditation. I I got the last uh, twenty minutes of it. Um, what you said about the energies at the moment. Um, I recommitted a few days ago to practicing mindfulness meditation. Um, you know, and I sort of combine it with what I call heartfulness. Mm. Um. And um, I've found even just 10 minutes because, you know, I I don't really (laughs) um, like a lot of meditation. I'm not, but I know it's good for me. I know a certain type of meditation is good for me and it's the mindfulness, heartfulness, you know, emptiness meditation that is really good for me. And I have found that... um, I'm doing a lot better in the last few days. Um, even even ten minutes of quietness, mm-hmm. relative, relative quietness, you know, because thoughts enter, but I just let them go. Even ten minutes of that has a really large effect on um, minimising the random negative thoughts that you know, usually run through my mind. And, um, yeah, so it's it's been very, it's been really, it's been wonderful for me. And um, all my, from a, a large part of the last 15 or so years, every, every time I ask myself, what, what's the one thing I need to do, you know, the answer always comes up, meditate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I've tried it on and off, but uh, I'm recommitted because I watched a documentary recently on the benefits 
especially to, you know, the anxious or traumatised brain. Um, mm. And, um, yeah, so whatever's been going on recently has supported me in, you know, really resolving to do that. And um, it's really working. You know, combining the heart-centeredness that we're practising with, you know, heartfulness, mindfulness, emptiness, allowing, being with the oneness. Mm, it's going to heal my brain and mm -hmm. that will support me in healing my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, you know, um, I remember when I first started taking yoga, uh, I realized right away the benefits of it because in the yoga I was taking where we were holding postures for longer periods of time, it was Hatha yoga, and uh, what would happen is holding the postures for longer periods of time where it feels strenuous and the mind is thinking, I don't like this, I don't want to do this, how long are we going to hold this and what's going to come next and all these thoughts are coming up and sometimes, you know, the arms or the legs or whatever are quivering and trembling what happens if you stay with it, then your nervous system becomes trained to re you get recalibrated to be able to experience what normally your mind would say, stop it, don't, what are you doing? Don't keep doing this, this is not enjoyable your mind becomes disciplined that and your nervous system becomes disciplined that you don't need to run away you don't need to stop it you can just observe how you're feeling and develop the ability to hold the posture to have the experience without trying to change it or stop it and so um, the same is true in meditation remember yoga is a preparation for meditation the physical postures of yoga are a preparation for yoga meditation and so they're a form of moving meditation and uh, we are disciplining not just the mind but also the nervous system and the subtle bodies to have a new experience so that's that's great because you're building new synapses or you know firing them in different ways by developing that mindfulness yeah and um and the uh the scientific studies of mindfulness demonstrate con conclusively and I reminded myself of this by rewatching a documentary 10 minutes of mindfulness meditation a day over 8 weeks can actually change the function of the brain whereby the negative and imagination thoughts that dominate the right side of the brain are massively decreased. And um, the areas of the brain that are associated with emotional regulation 
her increased activity. And that's the, that's the kind of stuff I need. And a lot mm-hmm. of us who have been traumatised do need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, what I've been finding in in you know the meditation is that um, I really it feels wonderful to combine the heartfulness with the mindfulness you know and it's a and it'll be an interesting journey to um, explore uh, the balance between you know mindfulness mm-hmm. and heartfulness but what I found was that um, when the brain um, entertains random thoughts, I just go into my heart and start breathing into my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that helps a lot with, you know, your analogy of holding the yoga postures. Mm-hmm. Mm. In my experience of the meditation. Yes. That's really helpful. I'm so glad you shared that. In fact, it would be wonderful if you could place that video in our Facebook group. Oh, okay. I'll try and find it online. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. All right, we can still share about the meditation, but I'd like to give Chris a, an opportunity now. She wanted to bring something up. Yeah, I'm still with you. Mm, <laughs> um, good. In several different calls, um, and in a class that you may comment, we have been bouncing around um, judgment, judging the judger, um and um different things. Anyway, in the most recent call, which I'm sure you probably listened to, Carla and I'm sure she is interested in healing and won't mind if I mention what she said. She was in a um uh study group and spoke first when they had a time uh, request of three minutes and she said she went over and then some guy spoke up um, telling her that she went over and she can correct me on this if she she wants to and then she said she felt judged and then uh, my question was I had two questions in that situation, if I, let's say I was in the group, it couldn't I ask the person who had gone over without judging them if they would in the future keep to the time thing without saying, you know, not any judgment, it just was a fact, mm-hmm. um, without being judgmental. I don't see why not. Okay, well, I I had had the feeling that if you um, have anything to say about that, that it that people were thinking that it wasn't okay to say something. Hmm. And then, well, 
I, I, a comment, and you can correct me if this isn't what you said, when you said we were talking about Mary's situation when we were trying to figure things to do, mm-hmm. um, that it was all ego. And and I said, well, don't you, I mean, I, I can see working in the invisible. I mean, absolutely first asking the angels and the violet flame and all that. But you don't you, don't you have, do you just wait for, for um, a spur of, of uh, what to do at the moment? Or, or can't you have things in your pocket that you could try that other people have tried? Yeah, I think I think it's uh yeah, I mean, I I definitely when I have been challenged by anything in my life, I have asked people that I thought would have a clue what they might do in those situations. And what I've learned is that if my mind and heart is open in the moment, spirit will guide me. And that there could be the temptation to not ask spirit to guide me, not be open to spirit guiding me, because I already have these prepared responses, strategies, etc. So trying to figure things out, a lot of times, the ego is trying to construct a strategy so that the ego feels safe. See, the spirit doesn't ever actually feel threatened because the spirit knows everything is perfect and all is one. There's no separation, so there is no threat. Only the ego feels threatened and needs to prepare a strategy of what to do. So I have learned for myself, yes, I can ask those questions and be be mindful of not becoming attached to any of those answers. So it felt to me in listening to the community call that instead of going first to, if you're willing, if you're in your loving heart, you will be guided and directed. You don't have to wonder or worry what to say or what to do because you you will know in the moment. And learning to trust that is really powerful, really helpful. And for me, one of the best ways that I learned to trust that was not to have a safety net of strategies and to just go in ready to follow my guidance. Does that make sense? I can I can see it from both sides. Sort of yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so there, I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with asking people, you know, for suggestions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can see that you know some of us are newer at this than you are. Sure. <laughs> and oh yeah. We would we would think, oh yeah, you know that worked and sort that worked. Okay, I'll brave to know just what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, then, um, and I hope I'm not stepping on Carla's toes, but she said something to the fact she felt judged. Now, Mm -hmm. if I feel judged, um, um, I I mean, if if I feel judged, 
Mm-hmm. It, isn't it? Is it my issue, or do I do I say something to the person who I'm having this sense to? I mean, do I work on my do I work on myself? Um, now she brought it up in the group, and it wound up that the the there was a you know a conversation between her and the guy, and everything seemed to get you know healed, or they were hugging. And but so my question is: is if 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 um if I feel you're judging me, shouldn't I, should I, what should I do? I mean, here's a should go. Here's a should go. I know, I know. (laughs) That's okay. Where where do I go from there? If I, if I, if I'm, can, uh, really have a sense that something's going on with you from what I said, where do I go with that? Well, you know, I I work with this all the time, that I say things and I can feel that people are judging me for what I've said. And most of the time, I don't do anything because, A, it doesn't really bother me. So there's, why would I say anything? Now, if I'm in a situation where I'm with someone I'm in a, relationship with a closer relationship with where we talk about these kinds of things I might say gosh I kind of feel like you're judging me is there something more you'd like to tell me because I feel safe if my loved ones tell me they're judging me I'm okay with it I I really am okay with it I don't like it if they're yelling at me and attacking me but even then, I've learned good will come from it. And so even though I might not like it in the moment, I've learned that I, I, Jennifer, have the capacity to be able to say something. And you know, I've talked about it in classes and just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about some different ways that I've learned to respond to attacks from someone who was a client, someone who was my father, and maybe from a boyfriend, different situations where there were upsets. So depending on the relationship, I may or may not talk about it. If it's with a stranger, I wouldn't bring up that they're judging me. But what I might say to a stranger is, hey, is everything okay with you? Am I bothering you? I might even say. It just depends because there's no cut and dry thing. It's really what is my motivation. So if my motivation is to bring more love and more compassion and more light, then I'll be guided there's something for me to say or do. But if I need to make the person wrong for judging me, it's really best for me not to say anything at all because I don't have something loving to say if it bothers me, usually. Um, or sometimes it's okay to, for me to say something from a vulnerable space, like saying, wow, when you just said that, I feel like you're judging me, and I have to say I 
I'm feeling uncomfortable, but it's important to me to see if there's something here that can be brought to a to to talk about. It depends on who you're talking with, what wording you might use. So in a course group to say it feels like maybe there's something we can bring to the light here. I feel a little uncomfortable talking about it, but I I'm more interested in bringing the light to it than I am in feeling uncomfortable. So is there something more you'd like to say to me? Something that's going on? So, because I, I have had many a situation where people were um, judging themselves or they believed that I was judging them and they were totally convinced of it. And they came to me weeping and sobbing because they felt so judged by me. And I literally went, what? When did I judge you? And they told me about the incident. And I'm thinking, huh? I can't even relate to that. So, But just being able to uh, respond with love and say, oh, tell me more about that without shutting them down and letting them express how they feel, even though I wasn't judging them. So that's why each situation is unique. I don't know if that's helpful to you, Chris. Yeah, um, I think I think so. Like I said, I like to listen to it again and then, you know, mull it over and figure out. <laughs> that's, now, here's, here's, so I do get mixed up with judgment and and sharing things and that. And when when um, you're giving explanations like if you're you're giving explanations and the one that comes to mind is um when you were in a ministerial class or whatever and you could see yourself included that um people were learning the fact learning this and learning that but weren't living it mhm now is that a judgment is that an, I mean I see that as as a, as an a teaching or as a statement of what was going on. And um now if you were judging these people, you would say, Oh, they were bad and they're doing this and that but you see something that's going on and you mm-hmm. you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's discernment, and there's observation, there's perception. Remember, all perception is projection. So all perception is projection. Everything that we think we see is a projection of our mind. And there's just the one mind that we're, we're seeing at work here. The one mind, it's a collective mind. So when there's, uh, we can we can observe that, oh, this person has a judgment, that person has a judgment. And we can just observe that without judging them. We can discern, oh, these people are, enamored of their opinions, they're distracted by their opinions right now, 
So it's, you know, on, on just on a very sort of fundamental level, you could say, just like you can observe someone is nervous, you know, their, their leg, they're bouncing their leg, you know, really nervously, they're tapping, uh, the way they're shifting in their seat, the way they're breathing. We can observe these things. We don't necessarily know what's going on because another person could be tapping their leg because their foot fell asleep. They're not nervous at all. You see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so there's a, another thing in one of the, the calls where um, somebody got, between two dogs and oh, right. then yeah. and then um uh, one person related it to her husband and I remember and he went into oh this and that stupid that. and so then she felt like she was judging the judger and mm-hmm. my feeling was that she was just noticing that he wasn't dealing with this very, you know, and he was dealing this in a way, dealing with this in a way that um, that's just how he was dealing with it, where you could see that in somebody. I'm, I'm going to say my partner, when he watches the news, mm-hmm. he'll go, oh, that person, this and that, and I can see in him right now that that's how he handles it, I you know, said a couple little things, and I know that anything I say is, you know, and if I do, so I I sit there and pray for all of them, <laughs> pray for him and pray for, and see that that is right now, and and he's a beautiful person, but that's what he that's what he does. He reacts to the perpetrators, and um, I don't feel like I'm judging him. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? I oh, I like... totally do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yes, there are a gamut of things we can experience. So, for instance, you might be noticing what's going on with him, not judging him, but still feeling affected by his energetic. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, because, I mean, I notice judgmental people, I do feel the impress of their energetic, and so that just inspires me to strengthen my own energetic of love and compassion. Now, what I recall was, um trying to think, who who was it that shared about that? The dog? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Leslie. Leslie, that's right. So she shared that her friend got in between these two dogs and was mauled by them. And what I remember was the question came up, and it seemed that several people seemed to articulate the same question all at once, which her husband, herself, some of the people in the community call, asking the question, why would he do that? So we can ask the question, why would he do that? And we can ask it from the point of view of, why would he do that? That's the craziest, dumbest thing I ever heard in my life, to to make it an extreme judgmental question where there it, there's it's not really a question, right? It's rhetorical. Or you could ask the question, why would he do that? And 
like when I asked the question, why did he do that? The answer came into my mind immediately. He had an experience of these dogs. He did not believe that these dogs would ever hurt him. He was convinced he could be helpful. In his heart, he didn't think it was possible that they would hurt him. But he didn't know the group mind, what was happening there, that the, the dogs would become like pack, an aggressive pack. Because, I, I mean, my family, is, they've, my parents had two uh, golden retrievers. I can't ever imagine either of them really becoming aggressive or hurt anyone intentionally because they were so playful and so loving but you know what if they were in a pack with other dogs and there was aggression and fear yeah i guess they could become really vicious so i think the man just couldn't conceive of it so he didn't feel there was any danger but i get that someone can ask the question why would he do that like what what kind of a moron is he that he would do that? <clears throat> but then, so then you go to the person who's commenting with what kind of a moron would do that, and you see, well, it would be like me and my partner. You see him having that reaction, and you can just, okay, that's just how he's reacting to it. And um, to the it's a fearful um, reaction, you know. Judgment always belies that there's some fear there. So, you know, the fear is it could be on any any number of you know subtleties. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have to judge that behavior to keep it away from me. I would never do something like that. I'm not that stupid. Or these bad things happen to stupid people, but not to me because I'm not stupid like that. Okay. <clears throat> I I um I think you've cleared it up for me and and um because I was like being worried about having any kind of thoughts at all about anything that anybody does. Right. And well, see that. Yes, and that's exactly why I say over and over and over again, judgments come into my awareness all the time. And I've learned to recognize them, not to energize them. But sometimes they hook me, and I start to feel hooked, and I'm like, oh, there, you see, it had me for a moment. But I'm, I like I'm not... that, recognize but not energize. That, mm-hmm. that pretty much says it. I'll have to try to remember that, recognize but not energize. Exactly, exactly. You know, and it it takes real willingness to do that. Um, But as you've learned in the last year and a half, wow, you can make so much progress pretty quickly if you put your mind to it, as they say. But remember, all judgment really is, you can think of a judgment as something that drives a wedge in the oneness or in the oneness awareness. It's for the purpose of experiencing separation. So we judge to say, oh, I'm not like that. That's not how I am. But why would we do that? Because we know foundationally we're one with that person. So we're placing the judgment there as a way of saying, I'm not one with that person. I'm not one with their mind. 
that has nothing to do with me. I'm better than that. Or I'm worse than that. I'll never be as good as them. I'll never be as loving, as kind, as beautiful, as rich, as wealthy, as talented, as lovable, whatever. It's always about separation. (laughs) Now you've brought something else up. I can I can look at you know, I'm looking at, at me and um I'm trying to uh develop a prayer and I listen to words that you have and things that just absolutely roll off your tongue, which are absolutely beautiful. And I don't have that skill. <laughs> and and so um I recognize I mean, can't you recognize, I'm giving you a compliment, I think, that <laughs> this is something <laughs> This is something that you can do and I can come to you to hear that and use some of your words and possibly build up my, um, my um, ability to do something similar. But can't, can't I honor the fact that it might be a fact that you are are good at it, and I am um, learning. Let's say, and that you know, some people can write, some people can can do this. I know that that mm-hmm. there are areas there are people who have expertise. Yeah, like uh, I was just saying with a friend that I. Sometimes when I'm hanging out with my sister-in-law, I'll go to an exercise class with her, like uh, salsa aerobics or step aerobics or just different kinds where there's dance moves. And uh, I am almost always going in a different direction than everybody else in the room. Like the teachers got everybody dancing to the left and I'm dancing to the right. And so I've learned to just be like, hey, I'm doing the best I can. If I were able to really be in sync with everybody, I would. This is the best that I got right now. And I laugh about it, and it's funny. Now, 20 years ago, I wouldn't have done it because I would have been humiliated at doing something that I would label I'm not doing it well. But I still feel like I'm doing it well because I'm having a good time. And I'm doing the best I can. And I also believe that if I took 20 classes, I would get good at it, you know, or better at it. And so I'm just, that's my entry level in that um, kind of a thing. It's like when I used to take yoga four or five times a week, and um, I would see people, you know, they just, pop into a headstand or these more um, intense poses, and I would just say to myself, well, I can do that, not today, but I can still do that. So I wouldn't say I can't do it. I would just say I can do it, but not today. In the the compassionate communication classes, there was a phrase, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. (laughs) <laughs> because and and I mean you know you know you you think about that because if you didn't 
Mm-hmm. If you didn't do only did the things that you were good at, you wouldn't be doing much. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's it. You know, I'm 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 an expert at some things, and I'm a total beginner at other things. And some things I know a fair amount about, but I'm still not that good at it. But that's it's mm-hmm. all you know. It's just life. And um, regarding praying. When I first started praying, it felt so awkward to me. I just, ugh. And some of my teachers would say, I love to pray. And I think, I don't know what that's about. But now I do know what that's about. And I just kept saying, well, I don't really get that, but I'm willing. So I just kept praying and praying and praying. And uh, for years I had, and I've mentioned this, I mention it from time to time in class. For years, I had a prayer partner, uh, my wonderful friend Leon, and he he was raised up in uh, with Johnny Coleman, who was a great science of mind minister from Chicago. And I don't know, I know Johnny Coleman's a wonderful speaker. She's just amazing. I heard her speak once, but. My friend Leon, he would say these prayers and he would say things like, God is all that there is. And what I know is that we are one with God as the drops of water are one with the ocean. And we are riding this wave of perfect peace and serenity to the shore of our God self, where we are dancing in a circle of life and light that is exponentially expanding in our awareness with the beauty of a sacred tapestry written with the essence of God's love. And and then he would say he would say all of this and then he would pass the prayer to me to finish and I'd say, What I know is God is all that there is and I am grateful for that. I'm grateful to stand in the truth of my awareness now that God's love is all that there is. And I open myself to understand and know and experience that with every fiber of my being, etc. But I'm not using metaphors of butterflies dancing in a field of light and pristine awareness. You know, I'm just, I always think of my prayers like meat and potatoes compared to Leon. You know, Leon's, he's got like a gourmet meal, you know, with a French chef, and I've got um, a really great pot roast, mm-hmm. but none of this matters. You know, it none of it matters because all these words are symbols. The only thing that matters is how is this prayer in your heart? Are you there in your heart with it? The more you're in your heart with it, not giving a rat's ass what the words are. But really, what is it that you are accepting for yourself? What is it that you are knowing? What is it that you are claiming? What is it that you are affirming? That's the only thing that matters in the prayer. 
You know, to me, it's helpful if we recognize that we're grateful that there's one life, we're all connected, and we're staying in the positive, affirming what we're choosing and what we're energizing. There's no needing, no wanting, no craving, no aversions, no telling God what to do or what to bring us and make sure it's at a discount and, you know, that he's got brown hair or anything like that. These are the only things that really matter in prayer is that clarity to know the truth, that willingness to know the truth really is the whole kit and caboodle. Well, you've given me a lot to um, ponder. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you are welcome. Thank you. So... um, just a final thing here. Anybody have anything that they'd like to share that they anybody like to share that didn't get a chance to speak? Okay. We are. I'm going to just uh, uh, got a bunch of people who are unmuted and have not self-muted, so there's a lot of feedback. So I've been muting and unmuting people throughout the call. So I'm just going to mute everyone here. So if there's anything you would like to say, you can just raise your hand with a star too. I wanted to mention um, that um, I had hoped we would have some time to speak about um, the seven sacred flames. One thing I'd like you all to please read is the um, guidelines to be understood for Ascension, Ascension Protocols, which starts on page 111. I'd hoped we would get to go over some of that today. And both of the community calls Wednesday and Saturday, as I've we've made a few announcements, just to be totally clear, they're open to all year two and year three students. And uh, those are going to be in the year two podcast. And I am going to be sending out an email and posting in the Facebook of another book to read. It's um, a very small little book that's very inspiring. So we're going to uh, start working with the Sacred Flames next week and talking about them in our class. Great class, everybody. I'm going to pray us out, and then I'm going to play the song My Soul Sings Out. Uh, which was written by a woman I knew. Her name is Susan J. Paul. And um, Susan passed away a few years ago. My friend Jennifer Ruth Russell sings backing vocals on it. And Jennifer also has her own version of the song, which is quite beautiful. Jennifer's husband, Michael Gale, um, produced um, Susan's records for her, as he does for his wife, Jennifer. So, um, I know you'll enjoy that song. So let's take this breath of love and gratitude together and declare heartfully and mindfully, 
that we are one with the one and we are so grateful that this is already so and that we can allow it to be the impetus of our life. We're grateful and thankful to release the barriers to love and to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, the I am that I am, and to claim our healing, to surrender all the blocks and barriers to love in our mind. We're grateful and thankful to accept our healing here and now, this now. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. My soul sings out to you, my love. My soul sings out to you, yeah. My soul sings out to you, my love. My soul sings out to you, yes. Oh Lord, my God, you are my strength. You carry me upon your wings, yes. You are.
The moderator has left the conference.